This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. The supercar rookies contested with the heat of Darwin. And on Inside Supercars today, we find out what they learned from that event. Unfortunately, there's no story there about the cars being too hot or anything. When everything was working, the cool suits and the helmet air and everything, it was really quite manageable. And, and you know, maybe that's a little bit of me getting more match fit. I think I did a pretty good job in that in that first qualifying on Sunday. And then, you know, everyone else sort of seemed to define sort of two, three tenths or so. And I think we made a couple of changes in between that session to the next one. Uh, we sort of went maybe the wrong way. With Declan Fraser on holidays, it's Cam Hill and Matt Payne on Inside Supercars. And it starts now. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're with another of the uh, rookie returnees from a warm weekend in Darwin. Sam Hill, welcome back to Inside Supercars. Thanks for having me back, guys. It was an especially warm one for you because uh, uh, you had a moment on Sunday afternoon that you had not been close to in, in terms of a teammate in Jack LeBrock having a win for Matt Stone Racing. Oh, it was such a... Such a great way to, to finish the weekend for the team. Um, I think you know we've we've definitely been obviously building up to to this, and um, you know if, if I can't get the job done, then you know it, the next best thing is obviously my teammate um, getting it done, and it just really is um, really cool to I guess reward all the guys, yeah, all the guys getting rewarded for for all their efforts and building these cars, and it's it's been a pretty pretty hectic start to the year uh they've put in a lot of hours and so to to get uh a trophy uh is is very very cool it especially must be now um i'd be right in thinking that hidden valley is a track that you'd been to before yeah i had been there uh in career cup and and what do you find uh, th- that track you know is it to your liking uh i actually yeah both times i raced there in porsche um I was quite competitive. That's where I actually got my first win in Carrera Cup, uh, and my only pole position, I think. But um, yeah, I, I like the I like the track. It's it's a great event. Um, good atmosphere. Uh, weather's always yeah pretty good. Um, but yeah, obviously it's a it's a slightly different beast in in the supercar, especially these Gen Three cars. They are pretty tricky to drive right on the limit. So um, you know, I think it was a, again another case of 
pace was decent, but it's all about qualifying. Um, that really sort of sets you up for the, the whole weekend. Well, the interesting thing is just looking at the numbers, um, Cam, and, and I'm sure that you would, that um, unlike your two other rookies of this year, um, you made places in each of them from qualifying to race finishes, uh, made made a couple of places in each of them. Uh, and in the last race, in fact, you made up four places. And while you didn't start in the 10, um, that's just probably an experience thing at that track in these cars. You were pleased with your performance? Yeah, I think I think it was a solid weekend um, from my side of things. Um, of course, you know, I, I'd love to to be higher up and, and getting top 10s and, and et cetera. But, you know, I, I think my pace was about, you know, really good for a, a guy of my experience, um, especially in the races. I sort of thought my race craft and everything was where it needed to be. I was making overtakes, didn't make mistakes, uh, looked after my tyres. So there was a lot of good things. Um, like you said, yeah, we moved forward in, in all the races. Um, you know, so the only thing for me that I walked away from was sort of going, well, okay, you know, there's probably a little bit more there in qualifying, understanding, um, you know, how to phase the super soft tire. Um, the, the way it was up there was, it was essentially a one lap tire. Um, and really it, it was probably ready to go halfway around your outlap. So trying to make sure that you didn't burn the tire off even through the one lap was, was pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, I probably got that wrong a couple of times and, and you know, it doesn't take much. You only need to lose one or two tenths and hits like 10 positions. Having had the experience and data of Jack's win, where does that now tell you about the cars and, and the difference about the car at the front of the field and the car that's mired mid-pack? Yeah, I haven't had a, a great chance to look at um, the data yet, but I know from you know through the chats we had that um, the the biggest difference was the tyre temperatures. Um, you know, him in, in clear air and, and me in dirty air, um, everything's way hotter when you're, you're in the pack. And um, obviously it's the same for everyone else who's in the pack, but the one guy it is different for, or maybe a couple of guys, is the people who are you know first and second, and um, it yeah it it, it is really uh, amazing how powerful um, you know that extra tire temp is. It, it really sort of drags you back um, and makes makes it hard. So um, at Tassie, I think it wasn't as too too much of a drama, but up in Darwin, yeah, it really sort of showed its head that the the tyres are super, super sensitive to temperature. Speaking of temperatures, Cam, um, that would have been, you know, your first real test in, in a hot climate. How did you find uh, racing in the car? Given that you've raced obviously in a Porsche, which doesn't have that uh, heat problem in the cabin, how did you find the, the Camaro? Uh, Darwin was actually really, I thought, quite mild this year. Um, so... Unfortunately, there's no story there about the cars being too hot or anything. Um, when everything was working, you know, the, the cool suits and the helmet air and everything, it w- it was really quite manageable. And, and, you know, maybe that's a little bit of me getting more match fit as well. Like, um, obviously, I've been driving these cars a little bit more now, doing a lot of a um, uh, lot more racing sort of close together than I have in the past. And maybe it's just me just getting more accustomed to it. But um, it was it was pretty good up there. Um, I did have one race, I think it was race two, 
unfortunately, there was uh, an issue with the cool suit prior to the race, and I had to do that race without the cool suit. And, and yeah, I, I definitely was a bit hot and bothered at the end of that one. But, um, yeah, jumped, jumped in the ice bath and um, was fresh and ready to go again for race three. So, as we've asked you after each meeting so far this year, what's the one thing that you take out of your Darwin race weekend? Oh, it's, it sounds like a broken record, but I'm just going to have to say qualifying. You know, it's 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 really about making sure you've got everything right. You know, the car has to be spot on. The tyre prep has to be spot on. You have to be in the you know right mental space to be able to just go out there and just do a lap straight away. Um, yeah, very different to what I've had to do in the past. Even, you know, the Dunlop hard tyre last year, you could sort of always get two, sometimes three laps out of, out of the tyre and, and previous to that in Carrera Cup, I think you know, even this weekend you saw that they just kept getting quicker and quicker in their sessions, whereas it really is you have to go out and do, you know, you only got one lap. And if you, and I think that's why qualifying is so mixed up as well, because while obviously the, the experienced guys and the, um, the stars of the sport are always sort of not too far from the front every now and then they might lock a break or something and all of a sudden they find themselves buried um, and that's just the just how competitive it is at the moment so if you can put the car at the front um, often that means you, you're going to have a good race so when do you sit down debrief with the team and and get to explore that data about a front running car mm. Well, today's the day. Um, all the boys are back at work today and our, our debrief's at 11. Um, so I'm yeah, looking forward to sort of sitting in on that, starting to, yeah, pick apart uh, the data. Um, you know, didn't even have a really good look at Jack's quality lap yet because I was a little bit um, disappointed with my quality result. And you know, on Sunday, I just went, don't worry about it. Let's just focus on the race. But um That'll be really good to look at as well, just to sort of see how he, he pulled that lap together and um, learning learning how I could maybe, yeah, scrape out a few hundredths at each corner and, um, yeah, try try uh, replicate that in future events. Well, Pam Hill, thank you again for joining us on Inside Supercars on your rookie story. Um, it's going to be very enjoyable debrief because uh, while it's not the ultimate success of a championship, uh, certainly a race win in this uh, very tight series is something that the team you'll enjoy uh, and, you know, quite apart from being uh, learning, is just the pure enjoyment of uh, a, a co-driver or a teammate who has the ultimate success in uh, winning a race after taking a pole. It's a fantastic feeling and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I'm yeah, looking forward to um, yeah, seeing everyone. We had a very uh, enjoyable Sunday night as a team together and, um, yeah, haven't haven't seen them since, so it'll be good to see how they've all pulled up. How how big a celebration was it on the Sunday night, knowing that you probably only had half of the people there that actually make the team run? Yeah, it was. Look, it was it was really cool just to be able to, I guess, share share and enjoying the moment with um, most of the crew that was there. Um, we did have a few absentees, I think. Jack's engineer, uh, Jack Bellotti, would obviously have loved to be have been up there with us, uh, but he has, you know, the impending baby, which is still hanging on. Um, we're, we're saying, mate, you better hurry up. Townsville's not far away. So, um, but no, it was it was really really cool. Um, it was it was fun. It was um, came 
you know, no, no uh, exciting stories to come out of that. <laughs> well, enjoy your time leading up to Townsville. I'm sure you'll uh, have a great time up there as well, up there in the sunshine. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing the tales from that weekend uh, around the uh, streets of Townsville. Thanks very much, Cam Hill, for joining us again on Inside Supercars. No worries, guys. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're joined by one of our rookies, that being Matt Payne, fresh from a weekend in uh, the Northern Territory. Um, Cam, you would have raced there before, I Cam, I'm sorry, Matt, you would have raced there before, wouldn't you, in Porsche? No, no, I didn't. In uh, I did Porsche in, in 2021, and uh, we didn't didn't get to uh, go to, to the uh, Northern Territory. So that was my first time last weekend. So that would have been a bit of a shock in terms of culturally, in terms of uh, temperature, and many other things for you. Yeah, I've I'd never actually been to Darwin before, so it um, it was a pretty cool place. Like everyone says amazing things about it and uh it certainly lived up to its expectations i think um it's an awesome city and and the track was uh was really cool as well like just even the the way it was prepared and everything's really tidy and um yeah the layout's really cool as well so yeah one of the things of course that drivers get that most of the crew don't get although there have been a few fishermen in the pack who flunk off for a throw a rod in the water did you get to see many of the sights uh no unfortunately i flew in i flew in about wednesday or thursday morning very early and uh it's pretty much to the uh, hotel and to the track and back and forth for me um we uh yeah obviously pretty busy over the race weekends so um it's pretty much it's pretty much how my week and weekend goes i don't really get to see anything so it's, it's usually just seeing different points around the racetrack and um, maybe I might stop at a coffee shop in the morning. <laughs> it certainly was a very tight weekend again, as, as uh, in Gen 3 it appears that this is the way it will be because uh, um, you know, from practice um, through the qualifying, the races, you're hovered around sort of in the back end of the, the 20 sort of mark. It's a, it's a pretty tough track to learn because there are some real tricks to it, aren't there, back there? Yeah, like I think, um, you know, I think my pattern over this year has been generally struggling, like in practice one, just trying to take the time to learn the tracks. And, um, you know, I think once I got on top of it, we weren't too bad, but uh, we, we just didn't really roll out strong enough with the setup, uh, which sort of made it difficult to, to try and gather any momentum uh, over the weekend. So... Yeah, I really do like the track, though. The track layout is awesome. But, um, yeah, just unfortunate. We, we just sort of couldn't really find the sweet spot with the setup. And, uh, yeah, just it makes it very hard when you're sort of trying to trying to battle everyone and trying to, to make up as much as many positions as you can. And, uh, and you don't have, uh, don't have much to fight with. So, yeah. Matt, this is one of David's favourite tracks and I imagine going into this weekend he was giving you a bit of advice about how, you know, it's really four corners, you get them right, you get a good lap. But right across the board it looked like the Grove Racing cars just couldn't find the sweet spot. Yeah, like I think Dave, um, he was he was feeling pretty good getting into the weekend. Like he... He obviously enjoys his track and has has had pretty good uh, results in the past. So it was it was looking to be a good weekend, but like as you as you can see, you know we just 
never really found the window with the setup. Uh, there's a couple of times where I think we sort of had a couple of good results, maybe in quality, but um, generally, like we just yeah struggled and didn't have the pace that the uh, the front runners had. So it makes it pretty hard when when the pack is you know like you're sitting in, you're sitting in twentieth and you're four tenths off, you know. So there's no room for error and. It certainly shows when you when you don't have that last you know couple of tenths worth of uh, worth of car there. So yeah. Now you've had a few race meetings with the knockout qualifying. You've had a few lessons learnt throughout the year. Were you happy with how you've applied those things from each of the other rounds? Um, yeah, like I think, I think that knockout qualifying on Saturday, that was really the, the best effort I could have done. You know, I felt like after the the second uh, leg of it, that I did the lap, the lap that I posted wasn't actually too bad. Um, so, you know, I think, I think I'm, uh, yeah, doing sort of, I think I did everything I could there and, um, it certainly just, just needed to find a little bit more speed, um, sort of, yeah, both in the car and, and in myself. You know, I'm obviously, I don't think I'm getting everything perfect, but um, I'm trying my best. So, yeah, I don't think, I think overall the it, it wasn't actually too bad. So, One of the things, Matt, that is often talked about is that you qualified well on the uh, first of the races for Sunday in qualifying 14 in 11, and then the next one, 10 minutes later, you were 21st. Now, one of the, the clues to motor racing is not knowing necessarily why you're fast, but why you're slow. Do you know where you lost that 10 places? Um, yeah, I think it's it's pretty clear. Like, you know, I think I did a pretty good job in that, in that first qualifying on Sunday. And then, um, you know, everyone else sort of seemed to, to find sort of two, three tenths or so. Um, and I think we made a couple of changes in between that session to the next one. Uh, we sort of went maybe the wrong way, uh, and it sort of affected the balance a little bit. And we ended up sort of doing the same time, um, which where maybe if we left the car, we probably would have done, you know, gone two tenths faster or something. So it's hard to say in hindsight what we should have done or maybe what we shouldn't have done, but, um, yeah, it's it's sort of one of those things where you you sort of think, oh man, that was a, that was a good lap, and then oh no, you pee pee twenty one or something. So it's uh, it certainly is a bit of a bit of a mood killer. <laughs> when do you have your debrief now? Thursday. And how long does that generally take? It's a Zoom debrief, I assume. No, no, I, I fly down uh, for the day and do it face to face with all the guys. So. You know, usually sometimes it can take anywhere from, from an hour, an hour and a half to, to maybe four hours if, if we have plenty of stuff to go to. And I can, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be sort of trying my best to, to answer any questions that guys have for me and uh, try and sort of work out where we can sort of make some progress and, uh, you know, do some, do some research and see what we can do. So um, I think it's going to be a long one. <laughs> Can you perhaps give the listener an idea of what a what a debrief actually is? How does it start, and what are the types of things you look at? Um, it's usually just sort of um, it's usually just sort of an overview of the weekend, and and sort of looking at every single session, and sort of 
just running through your program of, of what you did um, and then sort of understanding maybe where we could have done it, where we could have gone better um, or, or just understanding what actually happened um, and just trying to find some answers of, of oh, was that the right change to make or sort of, yeah, just, just, trying, to, just trying to sort of piece it all together and um yeah learn learn a few things from what happened and yeah just just generally um you're just going through every small little detail with a fine tooth comb to sort of yeah paint a bigger picture and try and uh yeah put put sort of words to um what what changes were better and what changes were worse or maybe you know re-watch the race and see what i could have done better or yeah, it's 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 a lot of things, and and it and it does take some time, but it's it's worth it in the end. So, how is it different to the debrief you do after each race? Then, um, it's it's basically just more in depth because sort of the debriefs you do after each race is is quite time limited, um, so we don't really get to look over every single point. Um, so we're kind of a little bit rushed, but it's. Um, yeah, the debriefs on after the race weekend are just mainly a lot more detailed, um, and just trying to just trying to have an answer for for everything that we did. So it's um, yeah, we get a lot more out of that. So, and as we always do, Matt, what's the one thing that you take out of this weekend to continue forward with? Um, oh gee, I think there was there was a lot of things. It was. Definitely, you know, I think even after, even if you you do sort of have a bad start or you get pushed off or, or you're running sort of, or your, your race is effectively over, you just, you just never give up. Like I think pushing all the way to the end and even if you aren't racing anyone, it's, it's good to see, you know, how much speed you would have had at the end or what's your tire life. Like I think that's important for me and it's one thing I learned sort of over the weekend is just like you just never give up so um yeah it was it's more or less a reminder of to what you already know but yeah well matt thank you very much for joining us again on inside supercars um i'm assuming that townsville you did race at or is that another new one for you no no i, I did race there i did uh, super two there last year and also uh, career cup the year before gotcha yep and you'd like that track, I imagine, because it is that combination of uh, road course and street circuit. Yeah, it, it is pretty cool. Like it's, it's definitely challenging. Um, it, it's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be a lot similar to sort of Newcastle in terms of the way the car's behaving. Um, but yeah, I think the racing is going to be really good and sort of. I think I was a little bit surprised at Darwin with how aggressive the racing was. You know? I think it, I think that was the most aggressive of the racing's been so far. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be all or nothing for everyone, and uh, we're going to have to make sure we do our research and try and uh, yeah go in there with a with a clear head and uh, a good good car. Well, enjoy your time in the streets of Townsville again, and uh, we look forward to hearing how it all goes for you. We'll be watching closely to see how the uh, Penrite Racing Mustang performs and. Matt Payne, thank you again for joining us on Inside Supercars. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more.
or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Sort of paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.